This is Photo BizX episode number 361, and today we're talking with a guest who will challenge almost everything you've heard from past guests on the podcast. She's sharing how she's managed to build a successful small town photography business in a way that genuinely feels right to her. I'm talking about Brooke Mendenhall, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I think you're going to love this interview today with Brooke. What I didn't mention in that intro was her photography is absolutely stunning. Like she is incredible. You see her work and you think this photographer should be charging thousands, but she's not. We'll get into that in just a minute. As far as me and my week is concerned, it's been full on (laughs) with the daily vlog challenge. We're into the home stretch. This is the last week for the first round of the full challenge. And it's incredible to see the improvements that members have been making. It really has been fun. This week, we are focusing heavily on the business side of things, and we're going to be transferring into utilizing video in their marketing and their advertising, which also brings me to another thing that I've been working on, and that is the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnel course. I said last week that I wasn't happy with what I had recorded. I scrapped it all. I've re-recorded the first three sessions. They're up and live and available now, and I'll be transferring you over to that new membership, I guess, portal or area of the website if you are a previous member of the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnels course. So look out for an email about that. If you're interested in learning more about Facebook ads and setting up an Evergreen funnel for your photography business, I'm going to be opening this up once I get a little bit further along with the course build. So you can jump into that if you want to set up a series of ads in a way that you can leave them running to bring clients in consistently into your business. And when I say Facebook ads, I'm talking Facebook and Instagram. To me, they're one and the same. So more about that in a future episode. And just quickly on the topic of the daily vlog challenge, the next challenge is opening up or starting actually on the 1st of June, Monday, the 1st of June. So if you want to get into that challenge, head over to dailyvlogchallenge.com. It's daily vlog. (laughs) It's hard to say, isn't it? It's dailyvlogchallenge.com. You can jump onto the wait list there and I'll let you know as soon as registrations open. And the whole idea of that challenge is to get you more comfortable being yourself on video so you can utilize video in all parts of your business for Facebook ads, Instagram ads, stories, So any of your social media, using it for email replies to clients on your website, for retargeting. If you want to use video and you want to feature yourself on video and get more comfortable doing that, that's what the challenge will have you doing because it's a series of videos that you have to upload yourself every single day for three weeks, apart from the weekends. We take the weekends off. These are one to two minute short videos. The idea is you develop a habit, a strategy and a technique that has you moving forward with video on your own once you finish the challenge or you jump into the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnels course and keep going with it that way. Dailyvlogchallenge.com if you want to get on the wait list for the June challenge. The other big project that I've taken on 
this week is sorting out my email list. I don't know if you have email subscribers, you have a lead magnet, an opt-in form on your website, but it can be challenging to manage that list, particularly if you are shooting multiple genres. For some reason or somehow, (laughs) things got a little bit messy with my list. So I've sent out an email to people that haven't been opening the emails that I've been sending. Well, that's what my email software is telling me anyway. There's a bunch of people out there on my list not opening my emails, and I just don't want to pay to have those subscribers on my email list. So I'm sending out a series of three emails to give people three chances to stay on the list or to easily unsubscribe. So I can't say it's been fun. (laughs) I'm going to be happy when it is done. It's always nice to, to take on these housekeeping jobs, for want of a better word, tasks, well, it's not fun taking them on, but it's really good getting to the end of them. And uh, yeah, so that's that's my plan over the next couple of weeks. And one other quick thing before we jump into the meat of today's show, I was talking to a photographer via a coaching call, and I also had a similar conversation inside the members Facebook group with another member about the same thing. They're getting so many good ideas from the podcast that it almost becomes a point of what should I do next? Like there's so many good ideas out there. What should I do? And my advice to you is if you are inundated with ideas, you have these great ideas that you're hearing on the podcast every single week, just make a note of the ones you absolutely think will apply to you and could make a difference in your business. Make a list of those, jot them down somewhere, spreadsheet, notepad, text document, anywhere with a reference to go back to that episode if you want to, or just jot down the actual idea that you'd like to implement Then look at your list, and you can look at your list as often as you like, but look at your list and put them in order, looking for the three top things that will make the biggest difference in your business right now. Once you have those three things, work on those and only those. You can still listen and get other great ideas and add them to your list, but don't get distracted from those top three. Get those implemented before you move something else up into those or into that top three places of things to implement. Because no matter how big your list is, there's, I mean, you, I'm sure you've heard of the 80-20 rule. It's probably 20%, well, it's likely that only 20% of the things you are doing are actually bringing in 80% of the work to your business or the revenue into your business. So you're looking for that 20% all the time. So no matter how many ideas you have, look at the ones or look for the ones that you think will move the needle the most and focus on getting them implemented without being distracted by the next shiny object that you hear about from another guest in next week's episode or the week after. And if you struggle with that, get into a mastermind group of like-minded photographers, a group of three or four photographers, get together with them via Zoom or in person if you can, but via Zoom is totally fine, especially now at the moment, and talk about your business, share your ideas network with your little group. You can be 100% open and honest and get real feedback, honest feedback from your mastermind group. And they'll know, they'll get to know you pretty quickly. If you're the kind of person that gets constantly distracted by new ideas, they will keep bringing you back into line, hold you accountable and make sure you're implementing the things you actually really should be and need to be implementing. I can't recommend that highly enough. Joining or forming a mastermind group. And I can help you do that. So if you're a premium member, you have access to the mastermind group episode. There's also a spreadsheet for you. And look, you know, even if you aren't a premium member, just reach out to some other photographers who you feel would be a good fit 
and join or form a mastermind group with those photographers. Get together on a schedule once a week, once a fortnight, stay accountable, and I can promise it will make a huge difference to your business. Being accountable and sticking and doing the thing, sticking to and doing the things that you actually said you want to be doing. Oh wow, that turned out to more than to be more than I expected. <laughs> let's, let's get on with the rest of the show. And now a macro look at our last episode. In last week's episode, I interviewed real estate photographer Tom Vargelletis. It's rare to have a real estate photographer on the podcast, but I thought it was about time, and by all accounts, it was well-received. I know there's a good chance you aren't a real estate photographer, but there's also a chance you might be interested in using real estate photography to supplement your income, and listening to that episode might really get you excited and, and enthusiastic about adding that genre to what you're doing, or it might have the opposite effect, which could be just as vital it might totally turn you off the idea of being a real estate photographer because it is a lot of hard work. You do need a lot of gear. You have to be on call almost all the time. You need fast turnaround times. You need to be organized. It doesn't sound like a simple or easy way to make money as a photographer, but you know, what is? <laughs> if you're at all interested in real estate photography, whether it's to explore the idea of adding it or you're already doing it, I know you'll get a ton from what Thomas had to share in last week's episode. Go and check that one out if you haven't heard it. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Brooke in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. And what that means is you will be missing out on a large chunk of the second half of this interview. It's where we go deeper into Brooke's sales process how she's actually attracting the clients that she is, her networking groups, and we also talk about a few, uh, we get a bit deeper. Lots more for premium members in this week's episode. If you'd like to hear the full episode with Brooke today, you can do that for as little as $1. You can get a 30-day trial membership, a trial premium membership over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Sign up there for $1, get 30 days access, Hear the full interview with Brooke, plus get access to the back catalogue, the full interviews with all guests. I'll send you an invite to join the Premium Members Facebook group, and I'll also help you get started in your very own mastermind group. It's all part of the membership. photobizx.com forward slash try if you want to check all that out. But I'm guessing the main catalyst for today will be to hear the full interview with Brooke, because she's amazing. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. I received this email from friend, previous interview guest, photographer and host of the Beginner Photography Podcast, Raymond Hatfield. In that email, he said, hey, Andrew, I just had an incredible interview with newborn photographer, Brooke Mendenhall, who I copied into this email. She's killing it in a small rural town. Nowhere near a hospital, she's an absolute inspiration. She also has an incredible marketing strategy where she partners with other businesses that blew me away. She would be a fantastic guest on Photo Biz X, and I wanted to introduce you to Hope It Works Out. So from that email with Raymond, Brooke and I have been chatting via email. She's based in Texas in the USA. Her website says she photographs pretty much anything, but looking deeper at her portfolio, I see a large and gorgeous collection of newborn babies and seniors. 
She only works weekdays. All portrait sessions are free or complimentary, and she has a successful business. I can't wait to learn more. Brooke, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) It's my pleasure. So when Raymond introduced you to me, he made a point of saying you're a newborn photographer, but on your website, it looks like you photograph anything. Which one is it? Well, I consider myself a jack of all trades and decent at some. (laughs) So (laughs) I concentrate on a specific area most of the time until I feel like I'm good enough at it to where people would want to hire me. And then I kind of move on and try to learn a different area of photography. And so I started out just a person with a camera photographing any person who would stand in front of me. And then that led to families, which led to seniors. And then I eventually got into the maternity and the newborn. And I spent probably about a year just studying photography and doing free, actually not free, but I would do model calls for newborns. And then they would come back and decide if they wanted to purchase anything afterwards until I was good enough and people were calling me in order to do their newborns without me having to do the model calls. Right. So even now when someone does call you for a newborn session or a a senior session or whatever it may be, are the shoots still complimentary? Yes, they're still complimentary, but I do require a $99 deposit because I get very upset when someone cancels and because that just wastes my time and it takes a session away from somebody else. And so I do the $99 deposit, but it goes towards whatever session or whatever collection they want to purchase. And so if they don't want to, like if they hate all of their images, they can totally say, well, I hate all of these images. Give me my deposit back and I'm leaving. And that's completely fine. Um, It doesn't typically happen that way. I've had a few people before I started doing the cancellation deposit, I think around two that never purchased anything. And that's totally fine because then I didn't do my job properly. Got it. So when do you break it to the client or the prospective client that there is a $99 refundable charge for the session? Pretty much someone goes and messages me via Facebook most of the time, and it automatically sends them to the investment page of my website. And that has a video at the very top and I say, watch the video, make sure that you understand it. Or if you don't understand it, message me and I'll explain it further. But at the bottom of the video, it says that there's a $99 cancellation deposit that goes towards whatever products they choose to purchase. And that just makes sure that I'm not upset with them for canceling. Got it. Got it. I can imagine with newborns, that you do get some cancellations because the baby's sick or, you know, something's happening at home. Can they reschedule then without incurring that fee or they lose that $99 in that case? If it's something that is health purposes, health reasons, then of course I will say, oh, well, I'll go ahead and reschedule you. But usually the biggest thing is the doctor's appointments. And so if they have scheduled with me and then schedule a doctor's appointment on top of their session after the fact, then I don't think that that should be refunded. No, me either. That's fair. Because they knew that they had the session. Yes. So do you have to have those conversations with some clients? Not very often. Just very occasionally somebody will cancel. But they usually understand and value my time enough that they'll understand that their deposit has, you know, is gone now. And most of them still rebook. 
but I think I've maybe had three cancellations since I started doing the deposit. And before that, I would have one every couple of weeks. Oh, right. Okay. So when did you introduce the deposits? Maybe a year and a half or so ago. Oh, okay. So it's been well and truly established in your business and it's working amazingly well by the sound of it. Yes. It's completely saved me because I was sitting there upset all the time. And it's also if they're more than 15 minutes late oh. <laughs> because I value my time. <laughs> But when someone's late and I just, I'll sit there and get angry the whole time. (laughs) Yes, I know what you mean. So how do you take that payment? Do you take credit card details over the phone? Do you have a PayPal button? What happens? There's a link on my website that they can pay through Wix. Um, Wix is the web host that I use. And then they can either choose to pay through PayPal through the website or through Stripe, or I can send them a square invoice. Got it. Okay. But that's got to be done before the booking is taken. That's what secures the actual appointment. Yes, because some people, they'll say, oh, well, go ahead and put me on your schedule and then I'll pay on Friday when I get paid. And then they don't pay the deposit on Friday when they get paid. (laughs) And so I make sure that it's there before they're on my schedule and it is not saved for them until that point. Okay. So in that case there, let's say someone says, I'll pay it when I get paid on Friday. So what do you say to them? You have to call me back or you have to go to my website and pay before you're scheduled? Well, I say, well, on Friday, make sure that that date is still available. And if it is, you're welcome to have that session. Got it. I like that. Cool. Now, when I introduced you, Brooke, I was talking about the email from Raymond. He said you're from a small town. I introduced you and said you're from Texas, which is a big city as far as I know. So what is it? Where do you actually live and work? I am in Dublin, Texas, and it has a population of 3,696 people. (laughs) So it is a tiny town. So is that the population that you service with your photography or are you drawing on a larger city that's close by? Usually people will come. It's a cluster of small towns, I would guess, that are 10 or 20 minutes apart from each other. And so a lot of my clients will come up to about an hour to an hour and a half away. Right. So they come to you. You don't go to them. No, they come to me. We purchased a house that's on the main street of town in Dublin. And it used to be the newspaper in our town. And so it was already set up kind of like a business. It was built in 1886. And the original owner, I guess the man who built it was the first doctor in Dublin. And he had a big party room. And that was like the formal living room, but it was about 700 square feet. And so it works perfectly as a business. And then it has the parlor that we now use as our living room. I love it. What great history. What a great house. That's wonderful. Yes. So who is your ideal client? My ideal client is not rich. It's somebody who is like me. And it is somebody who's probably comfortable with, you know, the way that they are financially, but doesn't have a whole lot of money, but has extra spending money. And usually I like to work with people who I would get along with. (laughs) So are you looking for, I mean, is it, you know, husbands working, mothers at home with the kids, you know, they've got two or three children. Is that your client? How do you describe them? I mean, just saying they're like you, that's not really enough for the listener. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I am 33 years old. I stayed at home for eight years with my kids. 
before I started working. And so it's either I do get a lot of young moms, but I would actually prefer the older moms. And for one thing, the older moms are more secure, usually financially than the younger ones. They know what they want. They just have a better sense of who they are and can tell you exactly what they're wanting as well. Right. And so when you say an older mom, is that an older woman that's having their first child or they're on to their second or third child? It really depends, which I'm not saying older as in, you know, they're usually about my age. Like if I were having a child now, I would be an older mom. Right. Okay. It really depends. A lot of the times that people spend the most money on the first child and the last child, but I guess a lot of my clients do have other children, but I'll take any mom. (laughs) Anyone that wants to pay you for photography, you're taking them. (laughs) Yes, but I do prefer to work with people who I can mesh well with. And actually, sometimes just in the you know, initial messaging process, I'll have to tell someone, I don't think that I'm the right photographer for you. And that's not fun to do, but I've taken clients who I had a bad feeling about, and then it just ends up being a mess, especially when you're working with a newborn baby. Yeah, for sure. So what are your clients on average spending with you after a session if they aren't big income earners? My average right now is around... It used to actually be higher before I got the studio. But at the time, I was big into trying to increase my sales. And I took fewer clients. At the beginning, I considered full-time was two sessions a week. So that would be around eight sessions a month. And I would do a lot of value-added incentives. And so I would say, okay, well, if you purchase this, then... I'll give you this product for a certain amount of money off or give them, you know, even digital files, tack those onto the end for them spending more money. But it actually led to about the same amount of profit. And so I would rather not have to be as salesy and make the same amount of profit. Okay, that makes sense. All right, I'm going to get into detail or ask you to get into detail on that in just a second. But if your average is $500, how many sessions are you doing these days you know, per week or per month or per year, if you know? Last year, I did 170 sessions. So that's, um, I don't know how many per month that would be. So this is like an $85,000 revenue, roughly. Yes. Cool. And so if you divide that into the three parts for taxes, cost of doing business, and then your take home, then you're left with 28. But I like to keep my cost of doing business under that amount. And so I- Sorry, Brooke, I'm lost there. So what's the $28,000? Is that your take home or is that what other That would be if you kept a third of your revenue. Right. Okay. Got it. And so, which of course, a lot of the times the taxes doesn't end up being a third Anyways, and then you can also reduce your cost of doing business. Yes. So that you're talking about different ways to increase your take-home pay, your net profit, by yeah. obviously reducing tax wherever you can, but also you're trying to reduce your cost of doing business or you have succeeded in doing that. So you must have a higher take-home or net profit than 28000 That is my goal is to take home more And I do this also by having the home studio instead of a retail space. And then if you do have a home studio, mine takes up 20% of my house. 
And so I get to take 20% of all of my bills off on the taxes. And I also save money with gear, which I'm not a gear person, but I haven't, I think I bought a new lens a year and a half ago. And really, I mean, I don't spend a whole lot of money on gear. And the props that I use, I go out to flea markets and find them. And I do a whole lot of DIY props. I paint backdrops. I actually made a pair of Victoria's Secret angel wings um, (laughs) maybe about six months ago. And those, I've been looking for them online. And online, the ones that I um, modeled mine after were about $1,700. And I made them for $350. I'm actually looking at them right now. They're a soft yellowy color. They're on your Instagram feed. Yes. Beautiful. (laughs) And so it just takes, if you put in more work, you can save a lot of money. Got it. Okay. So your way to increase the profitability of the business is to reduce your cost of doing business and also minimize your expenses. Yes. And living in a small town also helped because the cost of living is very low. Right. And that was my next question because I'm imagining if a photographer is listening who lives, say, in New York or LA, the cost of living is going to be so much higher, they couldn't survive on what you're making. So it really is dependent on where you live and your living costs. Yes. Well, I actually was looking up New York earlier today. And so the average income where I live is less than $17,000. An equivalent for someone who lives in New York to make the average income here would be $50,000 there. I think it equates to about $18,000 here. Right. Okay. Wow. So what is it that makes it so cheap where you are? Is it actual like housing is cheaper? The average... Home cost here is $90,400. And in the US, the average home cost is $231,200. Oh, wow. Okay. So it literally costs a lot less to live where you are based. Yes. And I think that's a huge advantage. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You don't need to make as much or generate as much to live a quality life. Yes. And then you also don't get money guilt. Which is what? When you feel like you're taking money that you don't deserve, I've heard a lot of photographers, they will feel like if you have a huge portrait sale and, you know, are making, I've heard like $3,500 a session, I would feel bad about that. Really? Why? Yes, I would definitely feel bad about that. Why? Especially because I think it's also because of my target market, because I'm working with people who um, are like me. And so I would feel bad for taking a whole lot of money from myself. Right. I get that. And so since I see my target market as someone like me, I would feel bad taking just a whole lot of money from them. Got it. Got it. Why did you change your approach to sales? Because it sounds like you, well, you even said you were making more money. I guess you were charging more, but you said the take home was around the same, but now you're being less salesy. So what have you changed there? What are you doing now? What do clients get now from you after a shoot? Well, they still have the option. I sell a lot of um, like the products that I sell. Um, Image blocks are very popular. Do you know what that is? Is that the acrylic blocks? No, it's MDF and it has the images on top of it on like a layer. Uh, Like a wood print. And then you can have little blocks on top and they're completely customizable. I get mine from WHCC. Right. WHCC, yeah. And that's a very customizable product. And so a lot of my families will get those. And then I do sell quite a bit of metal and books. 
but I would rather sell regular prints because of the markup there. Right. And when you say regular print, you're talking about a framed print. Actually, I do not frame. I just, I'll sell them like my eight by 10 is $49. And so that's kind of where I like to sell. Okay. So that's what you're trying to encourage your clients to buy. And then they would take that home and get it framed themselves or buy a frame for it. Yes, because I did look at frame pricing around, you know, for professional frame pricing. And I just thought for my particular clients, it wouldn't be profitable and I probably wouldn't sell a whole lot of them. Got it. Got it. So if the average spend is $500, so what do I get for that? The session is free. I paid my $99. So I'm guessing I'm going to be paying another $400. What do I get for that? The collection that I sell the most is called the gift print collection. And that one has four eight by tens and 10 five by sevens. And you get them just in a little black box. Got it. Okay. So that's pretty low cost of goods for you. Yes. Very low cost of goods. And so that's where I like, because they're still getting a product, but you know, they feel like they're getting something tangible, but it's not costing me a whole lot of money. Got it. I like that. I like that. So how are these clients finding you to book you for these sessions? And let's stay with newborns, I guess, to start with. Most of the time people are finding me off of Facebook. I have tried Instagram. It didn't seem that my target market was there. It seemed like it was younger people, mainly like for seniors and stuff. And so Facebook is kind of like my bread and butter. Occasionally somebody will message me from the website, but it's usually organic through Facebook. And so it's people sharing, creating buzz for you. And I think that's really nice. I spend very, very little money on marketing. Right. So when you say Facebook, this isn't Facebook ads. This is organic reach using Facebook. Yes. Okay. How do you encourage that? What are you doing to get that organic reach? I haven't really considered it too much. (laughs) I've just thought I was lucky Um, (laughs) (laughs) because it just happens. I don't know. Maybe people like my clients. So, okay, I'm guessing, are you giving them digital files to share on Facebook after a session? Any image they print, I post it on Facebook for them. Okay, so you post it onto your page or onto your personal profile? Onto my page. And then I do ask them to share from the page and not to download and re-upload to their page. Okay, and people do that? Your clients do that? Yes. I really have no problem with either uploading them onto their page or when they put it onto their profile picture, most of them just credit me oddly. Right. Okay. And then are they adding links to your Facebook page? I guess if they share it, it's automatically linked, but are they putting links then to your website or are they saying things like, you know, you absolutely have to book Brooke for a session? Are they selling you to their friends? Yes. I call it making sneezers. (laughs) Making sneezes. Yes. They're going to sneeze all over their friends. (laughs) About you. Yes. I read about sneezers in the purple cow and I love the idea about creating sneezers. And so I want my clients to like me so much that they think that it's just remarkable and it's good enough to tell all their friends about me. And so that's one of the ways that I have created a lot of my business. I love that. Okay. So this is word of mouth. And for anyone listening who isn't familiar with the term purple cow, That was a phrase coined by Seth Godin in his book by the same title, The Purple Cow. Fantastic book, by the way. So I'm guessing you've read The Purple Cow. That's how you came up with that term. 
Yes, I just reread it last week. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Obviously. Yes, it's wonderful. <laughs> I keep trying to come up with ways now to do something remarkable. And so I have to come up with my next like really good idea. So what's one idea you think that has caught on, that has created these sneezes for you? Well, for one thing, my area is full of digital file photographers. And I have used some of these photographers and gotten my digital files and then not been pleased. Because let's say you get a session with 20 digital files and you don't get to pick these files, like which ones you like personally, and they just kind of throw a CD at you and it's like, good luck, bye. And that's it. And so I think that my clients really like being cared for. And so they get to choose what they want. If at their reveal meeting, they want something altered or changed, I'll actually ask them to turn around and do it for them. Because I don't like them to see themselves up close, like zoomed all the way in. (laughs) Oh, you mean while you're removing a blemish or something like that? (laughs) Yes. I'm like, turn around and I'll do it. Well, (laughs) my client today wanted, she said that there was too much light in her eyes in one of the pictures. And so I said, well, turn around and I'm going to burn your eyes in real quick. (laughs) And so just so they don't see themselves just way up close on a big screen TV. I got it. All right. So you said reveal there. When I hear the term reveal, I'm thinking Sue Bryce's strategy where she prints, you know, 20 or 38 by 10s, has them on a reveal wall. So you're revealing digitally, are you, on a TV? Yes, on the TV. I tried to do the printed reveal. I actually, when I opened the studio, I wanted to do glamour photography And I was like, okay, I'm going to do the Sue Bryce. I'm going to be awesome. And it didn't work out for me right away. So I moved on to the next thing. But I did start printing a few times for my seniors, especially the girls. And my big mistake there was that I had too many images. So I printed some of them, the ones that I thought were the best. And then I still showed them others. And they ended up buying the others and not the ones that I had already printed. And so that's my mistake. Okay. All right. So what are you doing today that's working? I make them a slideshow. And so because the number of images I show greatly varies from what I'm doing, you know, some sessions will have 15 images, other sessions will have 70 images. And so I make everyone a slideshow. We sit down and we watch it. And then I actually sell out of Lightroom. And we just go through, we flag the ones that they like. And then pretty much I say, let's get rid of the ones that you hate. So we're going to say yes to all of the images that you like. And we'll go through each images. Yes, 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 no. And just get rid of the ones that they never want to see again. And then from there, I hand them the menu. And I say, we'll look through the menu. I show them the products. I say, pick what kind of products you're interested in. And then we'll go through and decide before you even decide what you want, we'll decide which you want it and then we can fit that into whatever product you choose okay so just so i understand this they narrow it down to their favorites then they pick the products and then you make the photos fit the products that they've chosen is that right yes pretty much (laughs) and when you said brooke that some sessions might have 15 photos some might have 70 could they both be a newborn session or are you talking about different sessions different kinds of different genres, different types of sessions. So a newborn session for me will generally have 15 to 30, depending on the parents wanting to be in images and like how old the actually uh, makes a huge difference this morning for my reveal. 
I had 12 images, but it was a five week old, quote unquote, newborn with only one parent pose. Right. Which limited the opportunities for lots of different poses and styling. Yes. And I also only had two hours and then I had to go pick my children up, which I told her ahead of time. She wanted to move her session later in the day. So I said, okay, I do it, but I'm going to have to leave in two hours. So we kind of will get what we get. Right. Okay. So what did she end up spending today? She actually had a gift certificate and she did the $199 package. Okay. So did she have a gift certificate from someone else, a friend or family member has bought a gift certificate from you to gift her? Actually, she won the gift voucher through hair and makeup artist. And what we do is I have a group of ladies and we meet hopefully once a month, most of the time once a month to talk about marketing strategies. And we give each other gift vouchers to each other's businesses. I like that. Is this the thing that Raymond was referring to earlier? Yes, it was. So it started out with me not getting business cards. And so what I did was instead of carrying business cards, I would carry gift vouchers around, just $50 gift vouchers. For your photography services. Yes. And then when someone would ask me for a business card, I would say, oh, well, I don't have any business cards, but you can have one of these gift vouchers and just (laughs) hand them a gift voucher. And so then they also have an incentive to come to you. I love it. Okay. Just before we go on, just so I understand, let's say someone calls now for a newborn session and they have a $50 voucher. Do they still have to pay the $99? If they do not come to their session, they just lose the voucher. Oh, okay. So if they've got a $50 voucher, they have to pay a $49 booking fee or they don't pay anything? You know, living in a small town, eventually you get to know quite a few of the people. And so most of the time, if I know them, I won't make them pay more off the top of their voucher. Okay, right. And with the voucher, I'm guessing if you've given it to someone face-to-face, you actually know that you've had that interaction with them. It's not just a phone call out of the blue. Yeah, unless somebody else gives them the voucher. Oh, okay. They can pass them on to their friends. No, well, like I will give my hair and makeup artist the voucher to give to her best client. Okay, so this is part of the marketing strategy now. Yes. So when we meet, we'll give each other vouchers to each other's businesses and then we'll give them to our best clients. Okay. How many vouchers roughly? I usually do about 10 at a time. And then for, let's say for Christmas, my hair and makeup artist did a Facebook kind of a giveaway and she said, okay, well, every day this week, I'm going to give away gift vouchers to other businesses. And so you can give away gift vouchers to everyone in the marketing group's businesses. And so it doesn't only look like you're advertising for yourself. You're also giving that incentive for someone to go to your friends. I love that. Okay. So did you say you have, is there four or five, did you say women in this group? I think that there are 10. Oh, 10. Okay. So what are some of the other businesses that they have? We have a boutique, a real estate agent, a horse trainer, my hair and makeup artist, myself, and then we have a doggy daycare business, the town librarian, and I know we have a crochet artist. And I don't remember what else. I love that. What an eclectic group of business owners. That is fantastic. So you come together once a month for what, a breakfast or a lunch or just a meeting? Yes, we do. We meet at a restaurant that has Wi-Fi 
And oh, I forgot the seamstress. We have a seamstress as well. She would get so mad at me if I forgot her. (laughs) (laughs) But we meet and all of us are in different stages of our businesses. Actually, the person who has the boutique, she came to one meeting and she had just been an online boutique, came to one meeting and then decided just to open up a storefront boutique in our town. And and so she did that between the first two meetings, and I thought that was really awesome. When you say boutique, is that a clothing store? Yes, it's actually a clothing store slash barbecue place. <laughs> I love it. And just so I'm clear, are all the business owners, are they all women or are there men involved too? They're all women. Okay. Is that by design or just the way it's worked out? No boys allowed. <laughs> Fair enough. But I really enjoy girl time a whole lot. And so I actually met each of these ladies individually. They're all people that I just happened to meet and talk to and connect with. And then I invited them into the group when they would tell me about their struggles in business. And sometimes we meet, like some of the ladies don't have websites. And so we met and the people who do have websites help the people who don't have websites. And so it's all about, you know, helping each other's businesses. I love this. This is so good. So When you meet up, is there a plan for the meeting? Is there an agenda? Does someone chair the meeting? Like, how does it work? Uh, Well, the first meeting, I started with a general marketing 101 PowerPoint, and I went through kind of the types of marketing mediums that we need to hit, you know, in-person, website, social media, gift vouchers, and then the co-marketing. And so we went through that. And after the meeting, I said, okay, well, I'm not leading all of these meetings. Somebody else is going to, you know, have to help every time. So pretty much one of the ladies said, well, I have a marketing book that's called Marketing for Dummies. And what they're doing is they're passing it around. And, you know, the person that has the book will share what they learned in the part of the book that they got through. That's so good. This is fantastic. Just let me take it back to the vouchers, Brooke, for a second. So you have these 10 other business owners. So you have 10 different vouchers or nine different vouchers you can potentially give away to your best clients. Do you handpick one or two vouchers and give them to your best client or do you give them, your best client, all nine vouchers? No, I would see what they're interested in. And so I have a lot of time, especially at the newborn sessions, to talk to people. And so let's say I have a client that had a newborn the other day that their family has the auction barn for cattle. Well, I might give her the gift voucher for the seamstress because she just had a baby and the seamstress specializes in kind of the cowboy looking stuff. And she specializes in baby things. So she just had a baby. I know that she likes cowboy things and rustic things. So I might give her a gift certificate for the seamstress. Got it. I love it. Okay. Now let me take you back to this morning's reveal session with your client. So she came in with a voucher for $50. She spent $200. Does that annoy you or are you okay with that because it's below your average plus she had a voucher? How do you feel about that sale? I have decided that no matter what somebody buys, that is completely fine with me. And I want my clients to feel like I kind of love them no matter what. And so it doesn't bother me at all. I set my lowest package very low because I didn't want people to feel like they couldn't come to me. 
And actually she had her maternity portraits done with me, which she spent quite a bit more on her maternity portraits, but they also had more images. And then she said that she wasn't going to do newborn portraits. And so at least now she will have newborn portraits to look back on. And I know that she'll be a client for life. She has also already sneezed all over all of her friends for me. (laughs) And so I did one of her really good friend sessions a few weeks ago And they spent considerably more money than that. And her friend actually didn't speak any English. And we had to communicate completely through Google Translate. (laughs) But she said, you know, my first client had told her that I was a good person. And so that means everything to me. That's so nice. And it shows you that, you know, even though one client might not spend that much with you, they're going to go on if they sneeze on their friends. There's potentially some great clients and great sales coming from that. Yes, especially if I don't make her feel like she has to spend. Because I actually, um, I told her that that would be the best package for her. Like she was looking at all the packages and I said, well, the number of images that you've chosen, I would probably go for, I call it the quality collection. And that's two eight by tens, three five by sevens, one ninety nine. And actually that was the collection that I started with, my beginning collection. And I've never gone up on that. But I actually did direct her towards that because I thought that that would be the best thing for her. Nice. With that package, if it's two 8x10s, three 5x7s, is that five separate images they can use or choose? Or do they have to be? Right, okay. And they're doing that there in Lightroom. So when you do your reveal, are those photos, have they all been edited already? And are they ready to sell? Yes. Okay. So they know they're leaving some really nice photos on the table. They're not going to be taking them home. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So that must be pretty tough for them. And so do you ever offer incentives? I mean, I know you said you don't want to be too salesy, but do you offer incentives for them to spend a little bit more? Not anymore. I didn't feel right about, I'm not a salesy person and I was salesy for a while, but I know all clients are not the same. And so with this particular client, I kind of know what her budget is. I know that they have kind of sacrificed, especially on her maternity images, and spent a little bit more. And so, no, I didn't want to take more money. Got it. So let's say she's now taken five separate photos, and let's say your absolute favorite is still in that Lightroom catalog, and she didn't purchase that one. Will you use that photo for your own marketing or on Facebook? I'll tell her that I'll give it to her. Really, because it's your favorite. Yes. I'll say, well, this one, I really thought that you would choose it. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to go ahead and I'll post it for you so that your family can see it and y'all can love it too. Oh, wow. Okay. But that's one thing. I think that I'm kind of soft. Yeah, you are, but I can see it's coming from a beautiful place. Well, I also, (laughs) I mean, that does create sneezers. And so I want to create a sneezer machine. Mm -hmm. People talking about you. Especially in a small community. If you treat people well in a really small community, they'll remember that. Yeah. So you've mentioned a couple of times, Brooke, that you were more salesy in the past and you were making, maybe you were charging more, you're bringing more in revenue Maybe you weren't taking home the same amount you were. Why did you change? I really wanted to be more fulfilled at work. And I wanted to work with people who I enjoyed being around. And I guess the people that I was working with initially were not people who I would technically want to be friends with. 
So I think that my target market was wrong. And now I actually do tell people, you know, I might not be the right photographer for you. And I like working with people that I enjoy being around. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. I think that's fine there, Brooke. Let's leave it there. I think what we should do is encourage the listener to go and check out your work because it is absolutely gorgeous. You're an amazing photographer, super talented. I love what you're doing and I love that your approach to business. It's going to be very, very different to a lot of other guests that I've interviewed on the show and it's going to be different to what listeners have heard in the past as well. You're a lovely person. It's been wonderful to chat to you, Brooke. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good day. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brooke as much as I did. Brooke, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on, for being so open and sharing everything you did. It, it really was fun and interesting to talk to you. I absolutely love your work. You're an amazingly talented photographer, and I can't wait to follow your success and how things change for you and build and grow for you in the future. For you, the listener, I do hope you got as much from Brooke as I did. I hope she challenged the way you think about and approach your photography and what you've heard in the past. Whatever your thoughts, I would love to hear about them. You can either leave a comment at the bottom of the show notes and you can find them this week at photobizx.com forward slash 361. The comments area is at the very bottom of the show notes, but above them you'll find links to anything and everything that Brooke mentioned or talked about. You'll find examples of her beautiful work. It's all there in that one place. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Brooke into the members' Facebook group so you'll have easy access to her there. If you have a follow-up question or if you just want to say thanks for coming on and being so open, you can let her know inside our members' Facebook group. It's shout-out time. I've got one big shout-out for today's episode before we get into a few announcements. And this one goes <laughs> this is two weeks in a row for Lindsay Robertson, the Essex-based wedding photographer in the UK. Lindsay left a fantastic review last week in iTunes, but she also sent me a video testimonial after completing the inaugural daily vlog challenge that I offered to PhotoBizX members. And I've got a copy of her testimonial inside the show notes for today's episode, but I'm also utilizing that as a retargeting ad for Facebook, just like I talk about in the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnels course. So if you see that ad, if you see Lindsay pop up in your feed, that's why. So Lindsay, a massive thanks to you for taking the time to leave your review last week and then go on and record a testimonial as well. You're an absolute champion and I can't wait for more people, more photographers to see your testimonial because you're absolutely wonderful and you said some lovely things. So again, thank you so much, Lindsay. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. A couple of quick things before we close out today's episode. The first one is the special, the six-month special on the PhotoBizX membership. I've got details about that in the show notes for today's episode. It's basically $10 a month for six months to help you through this period when you're stuck at home. If you still want to be working on your photography business, taking advantage of the time that you do have, if you do have some, if you're not already a premium member, that special would be a great way to get involved 
and basically get the full workshop, the full interview delivered to your podcast app automatically every single week for the next six months at that super special price of $60. And if you are an existing premium member on the $20 per month membership, go and grab the six-month special because it's already half what you're paying now, plus I'm going to refund your last $20 payment. So just let me know if you do that. I'll get that all sorted for you. It's photobizx.com forward slash SMS to make use of that special. Now, the last <laughs> the last thing I wanted to tell you about or let you know about before we finish up today's episode is Louise Downham is a UK-based photographer. She's been interviewed on the show before. Uh, the topic was copywriting from memory. It was a little while ago. But Louise has just released a Teach Photography online course for photographers. So this is a course that you can take from Louise and then go and teach people in your community, whether they're part of your email list, whether they're past clients, whether you want to run ads and bring people in to your into your community, whether it's people you actually know in person. You can actually teach this photography class online via Zoom and generate some income that way. So she has two different courses available. One is take your DSLR off auto mode, and the other one is Composition 101. And she's also got a bonus kids photo challenges that she's including free with either of those two courses. Uh, It looks like the courses take about an hour to teach, and everything is all set up and laid out for you. You basically customize a few little things to yourself, and then you can deliver these photo courses to whoever comes into your Zoom calls. Whether or not you charge for them is up to you. You could charge for the courses or what you could do is sell a voucher for a future photography session for the people that attend. You could do that at a special price. You might have some kind of incentive, but you basically have a captive audience there that you're teaching photography to. So it would be crazy not to make use of those people and that, that time with them to show off your expertise and sell the idea of a, a portrait photography session with them during or after that class. Now, I've got links to these in the show notes. They cost 75 UK pounds, and you can use them as often as you like. You can teach as many people as you like. Uh, it's basically unlimited there. And, uh, and yeah, you can customize them to suit yourself as well. They are available in the show notes, photobizx.com forward slash 361. Oh, and if you're a premium member, a PhotoBizX premium member, make sure you check out your version of the show notes because I've got a 50% off voucher for you if this is something you're interested in. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Massive thanks to Brooke for coming on and sharing what she did. I'm looking forward to chatting to you more whether it's in the comments area or in the premium members Facebook group regarding what Brooke had to share. Hopefully things are starting to get a little bit more relaxed with the isolation orders wherever you're listening from and whether or not they are, please stay safe, healthy and well. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 